Welcome to the Home Collective Podcast, where we discuss leadership, culture, and revival. Feel free to check out our Thursday night teachings from our gatherings, which you can find on our website at www.homedowntown.org, as well as iTunes under Home Downtown. Thank you for joining us. All right. And so, uh, as we begin, I'd like for us to uh, close our eyes for a minute. I'm going to ask us a question, and you can just think about it. Um, I'll give us a couple seconds. But with your eyes, because I want you just to think, um, what is the answer to this question? Why did you sign up for this? Why are you sitting here in this old church building at this very moment on a Sunday night, and you could be doing anything else. Why are you sitting here? You made time in your schedule. You said no to other things. You left things early to get here on time. Why? And I think the answer to this question may be different for all of us. Um, but one thing that remains the same is that it's not necessarily what it was then, but what it is now that's most important. A lot of moments grow up out of spiritual breakthrough. A lot of decisions grow up out of an event or intense time with the Lord. Maybe you hear his voice clearly. You get a strong gut feeling, and so you make a decision like, I'm going to go through growth track. I'm going to sign up for home volunteer. I'm going to do this or that. I'm gonna go, I want to be on the worship team. I want to serve. Um, But the real power lies in the weeks, months, and years later when the charisma fades and you can look back and see the diligent stewardship. You can open your eyes. I think it's really easy for us as a generation to be moved by hype or excitement and then regret that decision even weeks later, months later. Uh, It was hard for me um, when I... I used to play on the worship team here at Boulder Street, and I, there was a time where I was really excited to jump back into it, um, and then I realized that I was doing home, working at Building 3, the internship, had two kids, and I was like, man, I need to actually really really rethink my uh, commitment level. And tonight, we're not really talking about our commitment level, um, rethinking it. What we're really talking about is where are we now, because no one here is really super new, um, And even if you are new and you're listening to this or whatever it could be, it doesn't necessarily matter because time has gone from then till now. And what have you done in between that time and what are you looking forward to in the future with your time? Because uh, I was talking to Yotam maybe a couple weeks ago and he said that he had heard a teaching where a pastor said it's actually, did he say it was a sin? That a sin to not have a plan for your future Yeah, to be working hard with no plan for the future, which sounds like a lot of people that I know, even me at some points. It's like, yeah, I'm 20, I'm in school, my parents put me in school, I don't know why I'm doing it. I'm working overtime, doing all these hours, I don't know why. And you're drained, and there's no level of commitment because you don't really know what you're committed to. And tonight I want to talk about what you're committed to. Because when you signed up to be a part of home, you didn't just sign up to move chairs or fill out a doodle so Elise doesn't text you, or hope that Rebecca doesn't ask you to be on the worship team because you're too tired, or whatever it could be. 
He signed up to be a part of a movement that God is doing, not us. We're helping God. He's using us. We're not using him. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. You can basically flip this verse and say the opposite. And if you give up and grow weary in doing good, you will not reap. If you give up and if you grow weary, you will not reap. That's an intense biblical statement. Like, hey, if you grow weary, you're not going to reap. If you quit, you won't reap. And isn't that true? If you quit early, you'll never see what would have happened. You'll never make it to the other side, if that's where you're working towards. It's interesting in a church setting because it's like, well, what's the other side? Like a full-time job or whatever it could be. But really, that is less on us and more on God. But what we're working towards is heaven to earth. We're not just passing through, no matter how many pastors tell you, we're just passing through. The world is a distraction. It's not. This is actually where heaven's going to be. The things that are of God will last. The things that are not will be burned up. And so we're bringing heaven to earth. God is using us to bring it to earth. And every Thursday night we do that. And every Monday through Sunday we do that. You can tell how much you care for something or someone in the times where it's not easy. It's really easy for me to love someone when I agree with them, but when I disagree or when I'm tired or anxious, do I still love them? Um, If Micah gave me a million dollars, it would be extremely easy for me to love him and sacrifice for our relationship. It would be so simple for me to do whatever I wanted or to drop whatever I was doing to make him happy, whatever it could be. But if Micah were to borrow my car and return it with the flat tire, scratched door, broken windshield, would I still love him? And that's basically what we're doing as a volunteer team. We're loving these people, even though they may see what we do and not care, even though they volunteer, then they quit, or they don't respond, or maybe um, people come into the church, you invite them, and then they leave and never come back. Or we even had somebody on Sunday morning once come and ask for money, um, and they were like, yeah, we're going to share testimonies, we're going to do all this stuff. And they came to Boulder Street on a Sunday morning, and they got money given to them, and they never came back. And it's interesting because you can really feel used and abused. I don't know how many of you have felt like, man, like I move chairs every week and people don't seem to care. Or, uh, I mean, I, I constantly find myself wiping off the table or picking up trash. Um, a lot of you guys help with the trash. Maybe you go clean the bathroom and you're like, God, do you know how to aim? Like, focus. Like, <laughs> both eyes, please. Like, I mean, maybe it, it just gets hard to serve after a while because it feels like people don't notice. People don't care. People just want, but they don't want to give. They don't want to take. But we're loving these people even when we're tired, even when they seem not to care, even when they return what we gave them and it looks used and it looks broken because God has given us something better than a million dollars. God has given us love, and so now he asks us to give it out freely. And the reason that maybe we could feel used, abused, tired, is either one of two reasons. We're doing it for us or we're doing it for them. Both are waste. If I'm serving you guys to elevate myself, that's a waste and that's a sin. If I'm doing this so that you will like me or to make you happy, or like, hey, what do you guys want me to preach on? What do you want me to do? Uh, What can we do to make you happy? That is also a sin. If I'm not doing it to please the Lord, then I'm not doing it. That's a commitment I made to myself. I'd rather quit than waste time. Because... In that aspect, I'm working hard with no future. 
If I'm doing it for you or doing it for me, I'm working hard, killing myself for no gain, no future, no purpose. Love is a choice, it's not a feeling, and we have to break that mindset of, man, these people, did they respond to me in a way where I feel good now, and now I'll serve well? It's not about the feeling. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So you're not filling out the doodle to make Elise happy, although it would make her happy. We're going to talk about it. You are not filling out the doodle to make yourself look better or to be a, a good servant. The simple filling out of the doodle, the simple moving of the chair, the simple being on time is the Lord Christ you are serving. So it's not for me. It's not for your leader. It's not for your friends. It's not for you. It's the Lord. And we can throw ourselves in worship and have an emotional high and and engage in something that feels like a movement. But then the real test is, hey, will you pick up trash? Because no one's going to see you. And you're not going to get an emotional feeling. You're not going to get that. But what do you get? A future with a purpose and growth. God has given us each an opportunity here. He has given you a role. You individually a role. He has given you his people. He's entrusted us with his house. So I don't take it lightly. And I think sometimes maybe it's easier for us to take it lightly than to jump in and hopefully he'll catch us or to, to give, up to our, give up to our own desires and hope that God gives us back what we gave away. But he's entrusted us with his house, and that's a big deal. Like, we shouldn't take it so lightly. It's not your day job. It's not just something that you're doing for fun. It's not a fun day. There is fun, and it is a good time. The Bible has candy in it, but the Bible also has greens in it. And if you don't eat the greens, then you're unhealthy. So we can have fun. We can grow. We can show up when we want to. We can volunteer on the doodle for what we want to do. We can do what we want to do, but really it's what is God asking and what is the opportunity ahead of me? This morning at church, uh, we were in the middle of worship and I saw that there was no one playing drums. And this is probably the only church that I could do this. But I went back and Micah was like, yo, you're going to play the drums? And I was like, that's confirmation because I was kind of thinking like, yo, I should just play the drums. Like there's an open spot available and I have the skill. And it's the same for you. There's an open spot available. There's an opportunity. And you have the gift and the role that God gave you to fill that. But our flesh says, yo, don't give because they're not going to be able to give back. They're not going to be able to pay you. They're not going to be able to serve you right. They're not going to be able to help you with your homework. You're going to be tired. You're going to go home early because you have so much else to do. But God says, here is the opportunity and here is you. And then in between this is choice. From here to here is choice. And it's not candy, it's greens. And when I went and played drums, it wasn't even a sacrifice to me because God gave me that passion and so it was joyful and fun to do it. We're so terrified, typically, to go and serve. But then we realize, yo, I'm like, I'm helping God. God's working in me. Every single Christian believer, I believe personally, should be serving. And it doesn't have to be at a local church. He says, feed the homeless, widows and orphans. He says to love our neighbor as ourself. 
And none of that just comes naturally. Like, we're just like, oh, it just happens. Like, there's an intentionality with it. And I want us to be a, a team that is intentional. I think every Christian church, every uh, faith-based ministry should have a team that is intentional. Because without intention, what happens? We're going to talk about it. He's given us each a little piece. Home is not big. It's bigger than I thought it would be. I was expecting like 25 maybe. Um, so it's bigger, definitely bigger than we thought, but it's still little. And so if we're trusted with this little, so I'm trusted with little. You're trusted with little, but what happens when we do well with little? We get more. And that's what I want. That's the fear of the Lord. Not that I fear he is going to kill me if I mess up, but that I don't want to squander the gifts he has given me because I don't want to miss out on anything he is doing in or around me. I don't want to miss out. And I'm willing to sacrifice to not miss out. But our millennial generation says, yo, don't sacrifice unless you get something in return. Live a life that is meaningful, Instagrammable. You can post about it because it's so exciting. You're traveling, you're doing all these things. Live a life that is full of adventure, that is full of choice. But God says, serve my people. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. And uh, I wanted to talk about kind of what home stands for. And this isn't our, like we never have talked about this before. Um, but I wanted to say, like, let's say that home, what's it called when you have all the letters mean a different word? Acronym? Acronym. So let's say that H stands for honor. And if you're going to take notes, now would be the time. I don't know if you have a phone or a pen or something. Um, but I'd like for us, if you, if you feel comfortable, if you can, to write it down so we can think about it later. You can just write out home, give yourself some space. Uh, but let's just say that home is an acronym and that H stands for honor. And these are, these are very um, specific. And so... The H, let's just say, it's for honor. And one of the biggest ways that we can honor each other and honor God as a team is communication. We'll never be the team God has called us to be if we don't learn how to communicate because communication brings unity. You cannot have unity if you can't communicate to one another. Because listen, how are you going to know where you are? It's like, Brooke, I'm, if I'm wanting to lead Brooke into a marriage that is full of the grace of God, full of power, full of prayer, but I never told her or prayed with her or brought her to church or did anything like that, read the Bible, then we would never know, or she would never know, and I would be alone. So communication is what brings unity. And back to the freaking Deuter request. Uh, whenever there's a Deuter request, whenever Rebecca asks who's available to help with worship, when Micah asks, hey, who can help with homeless outreach, when someone needs help getting picked up from the airport, um, the home message is full of opportunities. And if we've been honored, then we look for opportunity to honor other people. An invitation for the Duda request is an invitation to be a part of the home family. It's not a burden. It's a blessing. It's an honor to be a part of that. Some people would kill to be a part of a church where they can help move the chairs. You go anywhere else in the world, people are like, I want a community that loves God. But we're over here and we're like, yo, I'd rather just not sign up and hope no one notices. And this is not that you need to do. Just be who God made you to be. And that is someone who serves and loves. 
Out of my love is why I serve. I don't serve because I don't want to be shamed. I haven't been shamed. I've been honored. And so now I want to honor other people. I want to sign up. I want to be here early. I want to stay late. Because I'm doing it for the Lord. If I was doing it for me, I would grow tired in probably two months. If I was doing it for you, I'd probably grow tired in two minutes. But I'm not doing it for either of us. We should be hungry for opportunity. And through that, we should communicate. That could be a simple text back right away. If you see it, just respond. And I'm guilty of this too. It's hard sometimes. It's like, so many things going on. I'll be changing a diaper, look at a text. Be like, oh, I'll sign to that. Put the diaper back on, pick up some. Leave my phone upstairs. Come back up. Be like, oh yeah, I got my phone and go out the door to work. I forget to respond. But I'm trying to do better at every night before I go to bed. I look at if I have any messages I missed to respond to. Some of you guys have gotten texts late at night. And me trying to communicate and trying to be fair and build a bridge between us so we can be unified. Because I want to be a team and a person that when you text me, you know I'm going to respond. I want to be somebody who you know you can call upon and I'll be there. And when I'm not going to be there, you know not to expect me because I told you I can't. I want to be clear because I want to be unified with my friends. Let's say the O in home stands for ownership. Ownership of everything. It's not my job. It's not her job. It's not Joe's job. It's not Rebecca's job. It's not Ross's job. It's our job. It's not my church. It's not Kylie's church. It's not Abby's church. It's our church. It's our family. God has gifted it to us to steward. We are a part of the home team. This is why it's called team night, not volunteer night. Because you're not a volunteer, you're part of the team. We're doing this together, it's our job. And there's a story in Proverbs 30, or 24, verse 30, where it says that there was a man who had a field to take care of, um, and this person passed his field. The narrator passed the field and saw that uh, there was weeds and the walls were broken. I'm sure you've heard this story before, but I read it and I was just thinking like, this is a perfect story for leadership and serving because um, it says that um, he was given a field and this is a, just a little slumber, a little folding of the hands and poverty comes like a robber. This man was given a field, he did nothing with it and weeds grew, the walls broke and he squandered this, this wealth that he'd been given. The field was wasted. It said that he was a sluggard. And each of us have been given a field in home downtown. You have been given a field. Some of us would rather sleep, rather be comfortable than to own what we've been given. But listen, doing nothing doesn't result in nothing. Things grow when you take ownership, and things grow when you don't take ownership. But if you look at this story, what grew when he didn't do anything? Weeds and thorns, and it was ruined. So if you take stewardship in what you've been given, even if it's just moving chairs, even if it's just doing coffee, even if it's just greeting someone at the door, God has given you that. That's your field. And if you take care of it, it will grow. You'll reap a harvest. But if you don't, and you don't care, you let it go, oh, whatever, it's not a big deal. It's just home. It's just church. They're still my friends. And that's true. But listen, if you do nothing, what grows? The opposite of what you want. You waste it. God gave it to you and you waste it. I can move the chairs for you. I can make a Chemex for you. But I can't steward what God gave you. 
I'm stewarding what God gave me, and I'm trying to do well because he is worthy of my everything, not of my emotion, not just my when I feel like it. He's worthy of everything. That quote two weeks ago by Evelyn Underhill, it says, love does what it can do, not what it feels like. Jesus did what he could do. Let's say that M stands for moments. This one's a little shorter. Every single week, every Thursday, every Sunday night that we gather, every homie hangs, every time you're with a friend, there's a moment that can be made. What I believe for us is that home is going to be a place where people are at, even if they're not there on a Thursday night. Every time I go to Dutch Bros, I see somebody who's like, yo, you do home, or you go to home, or even this morning, this guy is like, I could tell he'd never been to church before, or really knew what church was, and uh, he asked a question or something. He's like, oh, he's like, what are you doing today? I was like, oh, we have like a team night tonight, so I'm going to go work on stuff. Later, he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, you, you do the home, like the home thing. I was like, yeah, yeah, I do that. He goes, oh, cool, I went to it one time. That's a good group of people. That's a good, uh, that's a good place. I could tell he didn't really know, like, the language. And that was cool to me. That was really cool to me because that guy is a witness to what God is doing, even if it wasn't pushed in his face, like, oh, you better believe this, get to church. Um, I didn't pray for him. I didn't evangelize to him. I was just friendly and said, yeah, bro, it would be awesome to have you back. And that's what I want us to be. I don't want us to be people who are throwing, pe- throwing bricks at people like, yo, that's a sin. You better get to church right now. I want us just to invite people. And every single moment that you see somebody who looks like they need love or maybe you need it, that's a moment that you can make. If you come in here on a Thursday night and you're empty and you're weary, maybe you're struggling with depression, anxiety, but you mustered up the strength to get here, that is a moment where you can go to one of these leaders. You can go to someone or you can throw yourself into worship and say, God, here I am. Would you please put me back together? But so often it's so much easier just to sit in the back and say, I'm not going to engage because I don't feel like it. But that's living with no purpose. If you see someone who is in need, someone who looks like they may need prayer, even someone sitting alone, that's another moment. Because listen, you can just do whatever you want to do and you're not going to get in trouble. You're not going to go to hell. You're not going to, we're not going to kick you off the team if you just come to church and enjoy it. But there's something different about being intentional with moments and being like, yo, I have something to give tonight. This is my field. It goes back to ownership. You're a part of this community. You're leading this thing with us. So when you're here, God is looking at you to run his kingdom through you, to say, I want to shine through you. I don't want you just to look at me. I want to look at others through your eyes. I've been praying for us lately that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear what God's doing. Let's make the most of every moment. Let's say that E stands for encounter. Everything that we do here, every, everything that we set up, everything we tear down, every coffee we make, every person we greet at the door, all of it is to make it easier for people to encounter Jesus. And uh, all we can really do is that. That's all we can do. We can't make somebody love Jesus. We can't make somebody 
commit to a church. We can't make somebody get baptized, but we can remove roadblocks so it's easier for them to get there. And the truth is, somebody prayed or helped the roadblocks be moved for you. That's why you're here. You didn't just find it on your own path. You didn't just find it on your own walk through life. Somebody helped you. Somebody prayed for you. You maybe went to a church. Guess what? People prepared that church for you to find God. And how awful would it be for us to take and not give when we received all that we were looking for? Whether it's a chair, preparing a message, cleaning out the trash, if we realize it's about encountering Jesus, we won't care what we do. We won't care what we have to sign up for. Because it's no longer about us. And it's no longer about anyone else. If it's about Jesus, we'll have excitement to do it because we know that what he can give us is better than what anyone else can give us. I don't know when the American church decided that serving was about us, uh, but when Jesus was speaking, he always pointed us to others. When you read it, what he says in the Bible, the red letters, it's almost always focused on other people. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I think actually we find life in giving life. We're just serving so that others can notice Jesus in their everyday life because he's there. It's not like he's only here. But they need to see that other regular people can walk with God. They need to see that serving is not something that you had to be forced to do by a God that's mad at you. They need to see people that are alive and joyful because that's what they're looking for. They can say they're not. They can say I'm good. But listen, I used to say I was good too when I wasn't good. All we're doing as a home team, and through this whole talk, really all we're doing is removing roadblocks just to make it easier for our city to meet Jesus through us, through me, through you, through our service time in the city. When you meet them, when they go to a coffee shop or when you go to... uh, I don't know, when you're walking around campus, whatever it is, when you see someone from home, it's like, bro, we're doing this together. I don't just serve God on a Thursday night. There's so many teams and so many organizations and there's so many uh, clubs. But I don't want us just to be like a club or a, a bunch of friends. As I've gotten older, 24, as I've gotten like a little older, I think being married made me feel like I'm like 40. Um, I've realized that I care less about quantity of friends and it's more about quality of friends, right? Like I'm sure we all would agree to that. And along with my life, I care less about quantity of moments and more about quality of moments. And so I'm here on a Thursday night for quality and I'm intentional because I want quality and I greet someone at the door because I want them to experience quality. I want excellence because my God is excellent. I'm not serving myself. If I was serving myself, it would be dirty, it would be low, it would be slow, but I'm serving God, so I'm looking for excellence because that's what he's worthy of. And when I can't make it, he picks me up and says, let's go. And when I'm tired, he says, let's go. And when I'm weak, he says, look at me. Let me fill you. There has been times I've preached 
I'm pretty sure I had the flu. It was like Michael Jordan in the playoffs. Uh, you guys remember that podcast? If you go back and listen, I sound like a monster. But I'm like, God, give me strength. And guess what? He gave me strength. I had like a 9901, I don't know, fever. I couldn't breathe. Pretty sure, what is the regular temperature? 99? 97? 98 points. So 99 is not a fever. I was hot, though. So many health people in here. But I, like, had a fever. My throat was gone. And I was like, it was just like, I didn't even have a neck anymore. Just a head on shoulders. Head and shoulders. (laughs) But, like, God gives us the strength. And I want us to be not a team but a family that makes people feel at home. Because even if you have a place to live, you could still be homeless. And so we're called home for a reason. And there's so many, there's so many evil teams, there's so many evil organizations exploiting people. There's like the mafia, there's like human traffickers, there's hate groups that hate people of color or hate people of ethnic background or, or whatever it could be. There's all these hate groups. Listen, I want us to be a group of love and work together. Because there's so many fearless people evil things out there, and so we need a fearless church. And we can't come in here and be like, yo, is this the right thing for me? Am I going to do a good job? Is, is, is this the right place? Am I going to get used and abused here? Am I going to... No, listen, just be fearless. Because if God is with you, who can stand against you? And that's who we're meant to be. Even though I'm not qualified, even though maybe people in, even sitting looking at me right now, you might know the Bible better than me, even though maybe someone went to school for longer, or maybe, I don't know, you're older than me, or whatever it could be, I, it doesn't matter. It's not for you, it's not for me, it's for him. And so I can be fearless, because when I fail, I know I receive, I receive honor instead of shame. And when I fail, I know I'll be lifted up instead of laid there and forgotten about. I can only show love to so many people. I can only do so much. I can't lead the setup, I can't lead worship, and then do coffee, and then move chairs, and then greet people, and then preach a message, and then clean up, and then take the trash out, and then bring the signs in, and then say goodbye to people, and then have a meaningful conversation with somebody, and pray for somebody. But what I can do is gather a team of people that are hungry for what God wants to do. We can go a lot farther, a lot farther with two than one. We can go a lot farther with three than two. We can go a lot farther with, how many of our, is there in our team? 23? We got like nine in the growth track, so. Or we can just go a lot farther. But listen, if there's somebody who says, yo, my field doesn't matter, then things are going to grow. And that's going to hurt the unity of our team. Because listen, when you don't take care of your field, you stop communicating. You stop loving. You stop showing up to things that you should show up to. And that expectation is left empty. And somebody else has to go and take care of your field. And that means their field is open. And so your role is for you. And it may change. You may be able to choose what it is that week or whatever. But that's not really the role I'm talking about. The role is us being people who love Jesus and we serve out of that love. We can sing songs like, you're worthy of it all. 
we can pray the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done. But if we actually think about it, if he's worthy of our all, what does that mean? That means all. And so I'm not trying to come here on a Thursday night and just give some. I'm trying to leave empty. And I want his kingdom and his will to be at the forefront of my mind. And this is the best thing about being in a team is that when I feel like I maybe have forgotten or I'm agreeing with fear and lies, I can have a team around me and be like, hey, this is happening. And if you remember the E stands for encounter, you guys can push me and help me and pray for me and so I can encounter Jesus. You can remove the roadblocks for me as well as I remove them for you because that's the kind of commitment I'm looking for. It was almost to the point today while preparing that I wanted to say if you're not willing to commit, then I think it's time to step down. But I don't really know if that's for up to me to say. But it's something that I was thinking about. Like, I'd rather have a team of 10 people that are hungry and committed than a team of 30 that are wishy-washy and I can't trust. And that's not that I don't want them in my life. That's just saying, you need to be the person that I help, not the person I rely on. And that's okay. It took me a long time going to Boulder Street to be someone that could be relied upon. We went here for, it's been almost four years now. And I've been on staff for a year. And that's okay. And so when we look at people with eyes of love, we don't have the R bar set for them. I don't put my expectations for myself on people that attend home. Even though it's really easy as a human being, like, I don't know. Yo, I saw you partying last night. I saw you doing this. Why are you doing that? But that person might not know what's going on. But what they will know is the love that they received from you. And if it looked like Jesus or not, they'll remember that. And so if we're not willing to do that, then maybe we just need to be uh, taking it easy for a little bit. And we can pray about that, and you can let us know. But I don't, really, I don't really think anyone in here is at that place. Actually, there's not one person that I would look at and say, yo, I'm talking about you. So don't put that on yourself. But there is grace, and there is love, because it's not, it's not about you, it's not about me. We're going to pray, and then we'll have, we'll have music go again for a little bit. Um, but... If there's anything that I want us to remember tonight when we leave this place is that together we can make the homeless have a home. But it takes you being intentional and it takes me being intentional. And I'm committed. But without your commitment, I'm only so strong. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again, for the opportunity, because that's what it is. Father, I thank you that you look at us with joy. Even in times where maybe we have forgotten or we haven't made um, it a priority, the things that you've called us to, maybe we've looked at others with, I don't know even what the, what the words would be, but Lord, when we just feel dry and we're running on empty and we're not being intentional, when we're weak and we haven't chose you, we say sorry and we repent, and in repent, we turn the other way, and we go the opposite. Father, I ask that we would always be a team that is hungry to honor each other. 
I pray that we would always be a team that says, even though this hurts me, I'm going to do it because he is worthy. And Lord, we know that you always replenish what we give out. Lord, we know that your love is enough for us to be empty on a Thursday night and on a Sunday morning and on a Tuesday afternoon. Father, we know that you give all things to us, enough that we need, all that we require, you have given to us. And so God, I ask that we wouldn't have things left over at the end of the day. That we wouldn't live off of yesterday's bread, but that we would eat all that we can. And so the next day we'd say, Lord, I need another meal. I'm hungry again. I'm not full. God, I want more of you. Father, I ask that we would be a team that invites people in. That how we serve would look like an invitation to a table of people that love each other. Father, I thank you for the team, and I know that you know that I couldn't do it without a team. Father, I ask that none of us would think that we can do it alone. God, I pray that we would be able to trust one another, to be intentional with one another. In times of fear, that we would share. In times of joy, we would share. And that we would lift each other up and love one another like you've called us to. Amen.